My name is Ryan Luke Winslade and I am a PK and middle child. I know what it's like to be a misfit, an oddball, a weirdo, but I'm okay with that. If you're like me, you are most certainly welcome. Even if you're not, you'll hopefully enjoy yourself here on Pastor's Middle Kid anyway. We'll talk about stuff and look at things a little differently. Alright, let's get started. Episode number 49 of Pastor's Middle Kid. It's great to have you listening. My name is Ryan, if you didn't know that already, and uh, it's just me today. I hope that's okay with you, but I want to share about my week away last week. You see, I didn't record an episode because I was actually on the road and then I got to Canberra, which is where I used to live. It's where my brother and sister in law live still, and uh, spent about four days with my family before they headed up to Sydney for my little brother's football tournament because uh, he is an incredible footballer and wants to be in the A-League one day. And I stayed in Canberra, actually, to see my two best friends from university get married. It was a very, very special week for me in general, but particularly the weekend. It held uh, quite a lot of significance for me. Now, before I get into exactly what happened during the week, let's get into our main feature segment of Pastor's Middle Kid, and that is Walking with Frodo. I know you've been waiting out for this, and you want to know how far through the journey I am to Mount Doom. Well, here we go. Smoke rises from the mountain of Doom. Walking with Frodo. I wish the ring had never come to me. That still only counts as one! I ended up doing less reading in the car ride to Canberra than I thought. Uh, so, at this stage, I'm only on page 525, which is in the middle of the chapter called Helm's Deep in the Two Towers. If you're familiar at all with the story of Lord of the Rings, then you'll know that I'm right in the middle of the first major battle that happens. There are, of course, three major battles. The first is the Battle of Helm's Deep, the second of Minas Tirith, and the third at the Black Gates in Mordor. So, I am fighting with the orcs currently, uh, the Urukai from Isengard. Saruman has sent out his forces to thwart the, uh, the threat of Rohan as he sees it. Um, and the Rohirrim and the rest of the residents of Rohan have fled to Helm's Deep where they have held fast and are trying their best to survive this onslaught. Aragorn, Legolas and Gimli have teamed up with Eomer and Theoden and they are trying to hold down the fort and I know what's coming, but if you aren't familiar with the story, then I don't know why you're hearing it from me. Uh, but <laughs> it's very exciting. Um, 
at the moment and I'm surprised that I was actually able to stop halfway through that chapter because it's quite an invigorating one. I have, of course, since the last time I recorded a podcast, read through Merry and Pippin's journey in Fangorn Forest, wherein they met Treebeard, the Ent, and they held a rather uh, rushed Ent moot. So that's where we are at the moment. Uh, haven't heard much from Frodo and Sam lately. I'm sure you're waiting on the edge of your seat to hear what happens next. My time with my family in Canberra was quite nice. I used to live there. I lived there for about three and a half years uh, during my time in high school and university and then back and forth between DTS in Brisbane and Canberra before heading off to Newcastle. So it is the latest place that I have lived other than Newcastle and it did feel like going home a little bit. If you are like me and you grew up traveling around, or at least you grew up in multiple different cities, then you'll feel like you left a little bit of your heart in each place. That tends to be the way things go. Even if you just moved once, I'm sure you understand if you go back to that childhood town, then it feels a bit like you're returning to somewhere familiar, somewhere that is home. Canberra is like that for me. Um, however, I am glad that I got out, <laughs> not saying there's anything wrong with Canberra. I like it as a city, it's a nice place, but it is not where I'm supposed to be at the moment. So I'm glad that I'm following God, which is why I'm glad that I got out. Uh, Weather-wise, it was nice for the first two or three days, and then it started raining. Now, you have to understand that my friends really wanted a garden wedding. And garden weddings usually uh, involve being outside um, at nature's mercy. The problem here was that there was rain and there was wind and it didn't look to be very good weather at all. On Thursday and Friday, I went out to the venue, which happened to be an hour north of Canberra, uh, near the town of Bowning if you're familiar with that area at all. And that was a venue that was affordable for my friends, Chris and Beck, um, but also looked really nice and had some beautiful facilities and places where they could take photos and all that. Everything involved in a wedding. It looked to be quite a good venue. I went out there, like I said, a couple of days to help set up. Uh, the decision was made on the Thursday because of the wet weather that instead of having the ceremony and reception outside, they would at least plan to have this, the reception inside in an old wool shed. We ended up being served lamb in the reception dinner, which I thought was kind of funny to have that in a wool shed, but I digress. The ceremony was still planned to be outside if the weather cleared up at least on the morning of the wedding. However, that didn't end up happening. So on the Friday, uh, just in case the weather wouldn't clear up I and a couple of others spent many hours inside a backup venue shed area, setting things up, moving furniture around and um, setting up the lighting so it wasn't a nightmare for the photographer and the videographer in case it was inside. It was not the ideal venue by any stretch and I know that that took a bit of a toll on the bride. Um, she was particularly looking forward to being married out on the grass amongst trees and flowers. But uh, we did what we could, and our effort was not in vain. 
we ended up packing that uh, that shed full of people on the Saturday morning. I think what ended up happening was the realization was reached that the day was not about the venue as much as it was about Chris and Beck enjoying each other and being okay with that, being content with that, because obviously in life things don't always go as planned. The ceremony was really beautiful and it was quite special to me, like I've said, because I first met these two in my first year of university, which was their first year as well. Neither of them had many friends uh, at uni. About halfway through the year is when Beck and I, who were already friends, met Chris, and uh, we formed this little group of three. Ended up being that I third-wheeled them into their relationship without me even knowing, but it ended up being really beautiful, and they were dating and then engaged for four years all up which seems like a long time but every couple needs to time things differently and that's something that that I'm learning and something that everybody I think needs to come to the realization of timing is different for every couple of people so seeing my friend Beck walk down the aisle and seeing my friend Chris in tears at the front it really warmed my heart uh, it was special to me because I was there at the beginning of their relationship and I got to see them learn how to be a couple and I was there at the end of their dating relationship and at the beginning of their marriage relationship. I hope you understand how significant this was to me and I hope at least some of you out there are in tears right now. <laughs> but it ended up being that after the ceremony finished and they made out, the sun came out. So then they were able to go outside in the patchy sunlight, but mostly overcast without raining weather, which was perfect for photography, particularly since it had just been raining. So all the grass was nice and lush and it brought out all the colors of the greenery quite well. And they were able to have their bridal party photos outside. And that was really special. I ended up spending uh, the two hours or so between the ceremony and reception with three little kids and we played a lot of games. It turned out that they didn't know many people at the wedding and neither did I. Or if I did, then I wouldn't have seen them for the last three years. I might have gone to school with some of them uh, and had vague interactions with them, but nothing too close because I didn't go to church with them like Chris did. So I knew a few people, made eye contact with some that I'd met before and kind of exchanged a nod to acknowledge that we saw each other. Um, but these three little kids who happen to be American children, uh, their parents are from California and I think they came over to be church planters or something. They led a small group for Chris and Beck um, at one stage. I got to spend time with these kids and be friends with them and we got to keep each other company, which was a really nice touch to the day for me. At the reception, uh, the seat that I'd planned on sitting at, which was near this family, was taken. Uh, there weren't individual name tags on the seats, so it was more of a first come, first served type of thing. And somebody put one bag in between two seats, and so I sat down in the other seat, and they... Uh, not rudely but slightly impolitely told me that seat was taken. It was a bit of a Forrest Gump moment, you know? Slight, slight. 
can't sit here. So I slowly trudged my way down towards the other end of the hall, uh, right down the back to where some people that I'd gone to school with and hadn't spoken to in four years sat so that I could make some kind of small talk and chit-chat with them and have some kind of company and hopefully not be miserable. But then Chris's sister came up to me and uh, as I was approaching these these back tables and she said, do you know anyone here? And I said, not really outside of the family of the bride and the groom. <laughs> I don't really know anyone else. She said, come sit with my family. So she actually took me from down the back towards a seat of honor and counted me among her family. And I got to sit with these people who I'd never met before, but made quick friends with. And it was really special to me. It was the closest I've ever been to living out a parable that Jesus told the wedding feast. Sitting in a low place and being moved to a place of honor is better than sitting in a place of honor and being moved to a low place. And I felt very honored. I know that it meant a lot to Beck and Chris for me to be helping out uh, for the days leading up to that, but also in the years leading up to that. A very satisfying day. Uh, and of course there was dancing and there were speeches that went overly long, but it was all fun and it was all worthwhile. I ended up getting a lift home from the guy that designed YWAM Newcastle's website <laughs> about five years ago. <laughs> so that was kind of fun, a nice little connection. And they knew some YWAMers, they knew some people at YWAM Newcastle. They actually used to live in Mayfield, uh, two streets away from where I am currently standing recording this. So it was really good to make friends with them as well and to see two of my best friends get married. So that's where I was last week, and that's why I didn't record a podcast. But I hope that was all worthwhile and that you enjoyed at least some part of it. I definitely enjoyed myself as I was just speaking it then. Um, I enjoyed hearing myself tell the story, so I trust that you did as well. Now, this will be a shorter episode because I don't have a guest. So to play us out of this episode, I actually wanted to play a song. Um, Chris and Beck, do I have your permission? Thank you. They are both musicians. I met them at the School of Music at Australian National University in Canberra. And they are both incredible singers and songwriters. They recorded a two-track CD together. The first song was this one, Now It's You. And the second track was a cover of John Mark McMillan's Future Past, which happened to be their first dance song. And that actually gives that song more significance for me now, knowing that it means so much to two of my best friends. So this song is called Now It's You. It is a song that Chris and Rebecca wrote together and they gave it to us all as we left in CDs. And I hope you enjoy it and I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Pastor's Middle Kid. Tune in next time for episode number 50. This will be quite an amazing episode. Mark my words. Not quite sure what's going to happen yet, but neither are you, I guess, until it comes out. So that just means it's going to be even more amazing than usual. Thank you for listening. And this song is called Now It's You by Chris and Rebecca. No longer about
found 